welcome to Conversations with Leaders in Public Health, a podcast of the Heartland Center at St. Louis University. The production of this podcast was supported by funding from the CDC. Its contents are solely the responsibility of the Heartland Center at St. Louis University and do not necessarily represent the official views of the CDC. Dr. Monty Schlossweil Davis is the director of the St. Louis City Department of Health. She received her medical degree from the Cleveland Clinic Lerner College of Medicine and a master's in public health degree from Case Western Reserve University. Dr. Schlossweil Davis completed an internal medicine residency at the University Hospital's Case Medical Center and an infectious diseases fellowship at the Washington University School of Medicine. Her subspecialty is infectious diseases, and her key interests are community engagement, the care of people living with HIV, and the impact of COVID-19 infection in marginalized populations. Dr. Schlazwayo Davis, we are happy to welcome you to our Heartland Center podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You outlined a number of priorities when you assumed the role as director of the St. Louis City Health Department in 2021. What do you consider one of your most important accomplishments thus far and why that one? Um, It won't be the most obvious because there's a lot of things that are public facing um, that I think people would likely cite as um, my accomplishments. But for me, it was realizing the condition that my department was in internally, specifically um, my team here at the health department. I have approximately 100 members of my staff um, that had led this city through a historic COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Public health workers across the nation are woefully underpaid um, and they were overworked. Um, and burnt out. And so for me, it became abundantly clear that while I had a lot of very clear and lofty expectations um, of what I wanted to accomplish externally, that I needed to prioritize internally, um, bringing some healing, um, making sure staff felt valued, and advocating for um, what they made very clear to me in the very first staff meeting that I had in my first week Uh, for them was a priority. And so specifically, the things that I am proud of is staff made it clear that um, salary was was of great concern to them, that um, infrastructure and work culture were also of great concern to them. Um, And so, and and lastly, that capacity building. Um, This health department is a quarter the size of what it should be for a city this size. Um, And so, I worked very hard to advocate for salary raises, and thankfully the mayor um, responded across the city with a 3% salary increase, which is the first step in a lot of steps that she's already outlined to want to continue to advocate. Number two, I hired more people in the Department of Health than any department in the city in my first year. I'm hiring 57 people in my first year. Uh, We lost a lot of people. The rate of turnover in Public health is great. You know, there are uh, statistics that show that, you know, at the end of 2021, across the nation, we lost 38,000 public health workers. So we are very much in crisis. 
Um, so it is no small feat with the type of salaries that I have and a, ch a, a charter mandated city requirement, meaning I cannot hire people who do not live specifically in the city, even though there are surrounding counties, many surrounding counties that people live in and would um, want to, to travel for. The fact that I was able to hire that many people in one year is something I'm very proud of. And lastly, just bringing joy into this workspace, um, you know, telling people thank you, um, bringing in employee spotlights, uh, doing check-ins. I, I now do sectional, you know, every year, at least twice a year, I try to check in with sections and they get two hours. That's a lot of time on my calendar for nine bureaus and uh, some of them having three to four sections, but giving them each two hours with myself and now my commissioner, feeding them and having transparent, open conversation, um, structured meetings with my executive leadership. So just bringing in some infrastructure for support um, and for um, productivity, as well as attending to the priorities that they made clear to me when I inherited, quite frankly, a very broken health department. Okay. What are some other gaps in services or what are some other gaps or issues that you are hoping to address in the short term and, and why are you prioritizing those areas? So I remember distinctly when I had the honor of being interviewed by the mayor for this job, it was important to me that her and I were very clear about her priorities and my priorities and that they were in alignment because that's the only way that we could, you know, I could take on this job and do what is right by her and her administration. And thankfully there was alignment there. You know, I came in in October of 2021, we were still very much in the midst of the COVID pandemic. And quite frankly, the Omicron surge had not even hit us. And within my first two weeks, I had to attend to a comprehensive pediatric rollout um, for the entire city. Um, so COVID was still very much a priority, but we were also far enough in the pandemic that it was clear that other health priorities and public health priorities um, had, gone to the wayside for better for, 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 for better and for worse, right? Um, and so um, I was very clear coming in that my COVID and non-COVID priorities had to be attended to in parallel. And for COVID, those are very clear. But for non-COVID, um, violence prevention initiatives, behavioral health initiatives, and chronic disease initiatives were very much the priorities that I was interested in. Again, alarming on my first day to realize that there wasn't one person in my specific health department hired to do the work of any of those priorities. All of those contracted and subcontracted out um, to external partners, which is challenging because there's no internal control of the vision and the execution. It is very much at the, um, at the mercy of phenomenal partners that we work so well with, um, but is challenging to then have a comprehensive strategic plan towards priorities that to me are very, very, um, very much a priority. So I worked with the mayor's office um, and working with them to really do some research about how other cities addressed violence prevention first. And the mayor took all of our feedback under consideration. And uh, we were able to uh, work with her to, uh, to, she then built an office of violence prevention um, externally that my office, public safety, and the mayor's office all feed into. That provided me with the opportunity to focus on behavioral health. And I was fortunate enough to get, uh, for the first time in the history of the city, 14 salaried positions in the budget um, that we are now trying to fill and a CDC contract around strategic planning and implementation and sustainability efforts to support the staff that we are just beginning to onboard now because of the unfortunate delays it takes um, 
you know, our Department of Personnel in, in assisting us to fill those positions. Um, but the gap still exists, right? I'm a year and a half in and I still cannot give you a concrete programmatic plan yet for that bureau because it takes time, especially within um, a city and political bureaucratic process. Um, so I'm proud of the fact that the foundation is there. Uh, we will be um, sharing with you our strategic plan and implementation policy and an overdose crisis um, um, dashboard for the city of St. Louis for the first time in June. But from the time that I thought of these priorities and committed to them in October of 21, it's taken us a year and a half to be at this stage. So I would see that as a gap because every day since the city and the region have needed um, more support and resources for all of those priorities. So I know that community engagement is also very important to you. Um, in what ways, ways are you engaging uh, with community partners to help address some of these gaps? And you know, have you experienced um, barriers in working with community partners? I've been very fortunate that part of the reason why I believe I was um, tapped for this position is because I have a career of um, developing and nurturing relationships, which is the backbone of community engagement. So this is not something I had to think of from the beginning. And my staff had been done a beautiful job over the years um, and even through COVID of having really strong roots within the community. So we built upon that, but I unapologetically with a lens of, of equity and health equity. So one of the first things I did is I only had two epidemiologists in the bureau when I joined and we built that out to a team of 10 now who have been on um, in a sustainable fashion for a year that's allowed us to do some data-driven approaches to community-based interventions and have paired that with a really strong communications both from an, an, an education standpoint and from a PR standpoint to really increase health literacy and make sure people are aware of what we're doing and why. I think that couple together has strengthened um, what was already a passion of mine around community engagement but it's quite simply comes down to being seen and being available and making sure my staff are really up to date with where people are, where they're convening and making myself available, whether that's at neighborhood meetings. Um, we've done a number of town halls, even more so during COVID. We um, increased our social media reach by over 300% in my first six months. Uh, we have increased the listserv from uh, 200 to 300 people about approximately when we came to over a thousand. Um, and we continue to think of equitable ways to make sure that we're engaging in the community. Now that COVID is transitioning to an endemic state, um, we have boots on the ground and we're really being thoughtful about ARPA dollars we received to mobilize community health workers, um, especially those that were used specifically for COVID and now to repurpose them for those priorities. Lastly, we bought two big mobile vans. We're gonna be driving around the city, meeting people where they're at um, with those really um, thoughtful and, 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 and equity uh, based programmings um, this summer and into the fall. You've mentioned in the past trust as being um, something that really is important to community engagement. How did you how did you overcome some of those issues? I know when um, particularly when you're talking about uh, areas related to health and healthcare and and vaccines and things like that. What are what are some of your strategies to overcome? Um, a barrier of trust that may be, um, you know, pervasive in a community? So I start off with individually being a leader that um, has clear and transparent communication. Not everything that I have to either enforce or let people know about is 
positive in their mind. Um, and at any given time in COVID, you know, half the population was happy with the mask mandate while the other half wasn't. But my job is still to take complex issues and make them clear and accessible and um, to address nuance head on um, and, uh, and not condescend as sometimes leaders, especially in medical and public health leadership, uh, do without intending to. Um, so that was a big part of uh, developing trust was a clear, concise, transparent communication and making sure that people heard from me early on in those communications and not after um, a lot of confusion um, um, had, had, had taken root. I also really believe in, in using a data-driven approach to, to address misinformation and disinformation. Had a very great partnership with uh, Washington University Brown School of Medicine, I mean, Brown School around um, data that they had. Um, in misinformation and disinformation specifically in the city and in the region, and then making sure our communications address that. But lastly, trust is about, again, relationship, right? So it's about creating and sustaining relationships with the very people that you serve. And so um, one thing that is very clear about me, I was not born and bred in St. Louis, but I know the leaders who were, right? Mike McMillan um, um, and Angela Brown, um, the IHN, the Regional Health Commission, um, all of these, and, and it's so many, hundreds of community-based organizations, Jubilee Church in the North City, Cameo Jones um, in North St. Louis and her recovery units, like knowing who people know, who, 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 who are from the city, who have earned the trust of the uh, people that were trying to serve long before I was ever conceived of, and then making sure that I respect them enough to listen to partner with them and to, to, to advocate for resources that are prioritized for them. And I would really like to impress upon the important role that our federally qualified health centers have played and continue to play um, within those types of equity-based approaches. And to me, throughout COVID and even now in, in other programming, it is my job to elevate, support, and partner with them wherever they're willing to ensure that we lead with trusted messengers um, and not just because we're the health department. You are a thought leader and advocate for health equity while leading a city health department, as you just mentioned, in a region burdened with some of the greatest health and social disparities in the country. How do you balance your passion for tackling health equity while also dealing with the day-to-day -day operations and constraints as director of the St. Louis City Department of Health? I mean, quite frankly, I just have a great team and accountability is at the core of that, right? I have um, a great commissioner of health who brings to this team her own very specific skill set um, that um, accents mine. I do not have that skill set, which is why I was really intentional about recruiting and now bringing her over here. I have an executive leadership team that I meet with biweekly. Um, we have check regular check-ins and we've brought some infrastructure to the way that I get feedback from them. Um, I have a monthly report and I released the first ever DOH annual report um, in October of last year. So that's an added element of increasing health literacy and communication, but also of accountability. And that helps me to, to provide that, that balance. Um, I also really have amazing, amazing executive assistant who we really sit down and think thoughtfully about my calendar week to week and make sure that it reflects the balance of meeting with constituents um, being in community, 
but also taking care of the administrative needs um, that my role requires to not only sustain, but build upon um, the role, the expanding role, I hope, of this health department. You've accomplished quite a lot in your first year and a half. Do you feel like you've made any missteps in rolling out any of the new initiatives? And if so, what did you learn from, from, from any of those missteps? I really appreciate you believing that, you know, I've, I've accomplished a lot. It doesn't always feel that way. And when you're in a seat like mine, you feel like you make three steps forward and sometimes 10 steps backwards. Um, there's so many mistakes that were made along the way. And um, for me, I think specifically about coordination of services and really trying to tackle more head on the silos that exist. So there's a lot of really great, the city of St. Louis is filled with a myriad of great um, organizations, both large and small. Um, but consistently what I hear as the health director is that um, there's no, there's, there, there is a role here for trying to help coordinate services um, and not operate in silos. And when you are in a, when you've inherited a health department coming out of a COVID-19 pandemic that um, has low capacity um, and where health, public health has, the, the level of disinvestment in public health is very clear, right? 2021, Missouri 50th in the nation in per capita spending on public health at $7. 1% um, um, of the city's budget being for public health. You know, my public health department being a quarter or even less the size of what it should be for a city this size. That makes it really difficult for you to not always be operating from a position of being reactive and not proactive. So it's that proactive piece that I see as the gap thus far in my leadership. I'm, I'm only starting to now bring some process to uh, key legislation, both in looking at the legislation that exists for public health and making sure it's in the right shape, but also advocating for new legislation because I was putting together the, 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 the bare foundation of what a health department should be when I inherited this coming out of COVID. Um, so that those would be some of the main areas. Um, and, you know, I don't have a clear answer for you for what I could have done better because I'm I actually, you know, like I said, it's it feels like you come to work every day and you're putting out fire after fire after fire, right? And that you have a clear plan from your day from 805 or a clear plan for the week. And then three different internal or external emergencies come off and it, it completely derails you. Um, so I can only speak to, you know, in, in addition to recruitment, retention efforts to create that stability build capacity so that I'm not always in a reactive stance and that I have a team that can take care of some of the day-to-day -day and allow me to move forward with that more proactive stance would be um, one thing that I think I'd like to try to do better this year. Okay. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? That I cared and I tried my best. Dr. Matish Laswayo Davis, Director of the St. Louis City Department of Health. We thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. What a lovely um, and gracious conversation. I appreciate the platform. Conversations with Leaders in Public Health, presented by the Heartland Center located in the College for Public Health and Social Justice on the campus of St. Louis University at the heart of Midtown St. Louis. Health 
through justice for all. Local, regional, and global communities that are healthy, thriving, and just.